Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Sparking Change, a podcast for prevention. The official Stevenson Catalyst podcast where students discuss reasons and ways to prevent substance use on a local and national level. My name is Ayan, and I'll be your co-host today, along with Sanya. Hello, everyone. It's Sanya, and I am so excited to co-host today with Ayan. Today, we are joined by Emma Kashyab and Ben of the State Local State and Local Policy and Legislation Committees at Catalyst. So uh, did you three want to go ahead and introduce yourselves? Yeah, um, hello, my name's Emma. I'm a junior at Stevenson. This is around my maybe fifth year in Catalyst. And I'm really looking forward to speaking with you guys today. Hi everyone, my name is Kashyap. I'm a sophomore at Stevenson High School. And this is my second year in the Catalyst program. Everyone, I'm Ben, I'm a sophomore. This is probably my third year in Catalyst. And yeah, very excited to be on this episode today. All right, that sounds great. With that said, could one of you give us a brief explanation of what your committee does in Catalyst? Sure, so, um, you know, our committee is state policy and legislation. Um, and also, I think we work with uh, local policy and legislation too. Um, and what we do is basically uh, coordinate like events um, that like try to get legislatures involved in like making sure to make change at the policy sector and also communicating with like other coalitions across Illinois like we're currently uh, working on this project or more preparing for this um, meeting called the youth summit which we do annually and that's with like a ton of coalitions across Illinois um, yeah it's pretty cool yeah, thank you for telling us about that. Um, I was in local, I mean, no, I was in policy and legislation last year with Emma. It was definitely a lot of fun going with meeting representatives, even though it was on Zoom. Um, but like, so I know you talked about the Youth Summit, but what kind of uh, legislation, legislative assemblies uh, does your committee attend or host throughout the year? Um. Okay, I can take this one. In the past, especially like, for example, when marijuana had just been recre recreationally legalized, there were a lot of town halls. Um, last year, we did a lot of meetings over Zoom with representatives. And uh, with respect to assemblies, I would say there's like the Youth Summit. We do attend CADCA as either listeners or sometimes as presenters. I'm pretty sure our center school committee did a presentation this year at mid-year and um yeah so we go to a variety of things uh we talk with a variety of people to make change and you know spread ideas that sounds great um so you're talking about how um you get in talk you get in contact with a lot of um uh, people in order to actually push your uh, legislation or your goals of, of your committee. So how is that process? Is it difficult to actually get in touch with uh, the state representative? Yeah, so I can take that one. So it kind of just depends on the um, purpose or the goal or the intent that you have when you're reaching out to these representatives. So um, I know that this year, this is my first year in um, state policy. However, in like other initiatives I've been a part of, usually it depends on, the process depends on the kind of intent that you have when you're reaching out to them. So like if the problem you're meeting to discuss with these specific congressional leaders um, 
are something that is something super significant to your agenda or um, their priorities and usually these types of things can go very smoothly and very easy however when it comes to things that aren't so important to them um, not so much so when it comes to like substance abuse many of these representatives are super responsive to these types of um, emails especially because like it's a, a, a youth that's reaching out to them so they kind of respond more quickly and um, I know that like like Emma had briefly touched upon Katka, but like last year we had specific representatives like Brad Schneider come or the policy advisor to Dick Durbin come and speak to us. Um, and I think that was just really helpful and a way for us to kind of um, gauge what their perspectives and opinions on were, were on, on substance abuse. Yeah. And that seems like a lot of interaction um, with state representatives, um, which is honestly super cool to me, especially like you know, being in high school and being able to do that. But is there a specific representative that you guys have been working with the most on um, substance prevention or substance use? Um, or like, have you been in the most contact with? Um, I would say one of our most like supportive um, senators in the Illinois State Legislature would be Senator Morrison. She has always been really supportive of substance use issues and substance use initiatives to support youth and protect youth from starting substance use. So Tobacco 21, she recently passed the um, Preventing Youth Vaping Act this year. And I know at last year's summit that we had, she talked about how, um, how we could better present ourselves to people like her in order to make change for um, substance use initiatives. That sounds great. So we're going to hear more about Tobacco 21 right after this short break, where we hear from our student speaker on what their why is and why they're staying uh, away from substance use. Now we're going to take a quick break from our episode to hear from our student speaker on what their why is to stay substance free. So today I have Ariane with me to talk about why he chooses to stay substance free. Um, I decided to stay substance free because uh, I've had past experiences with or having relatives deal with substance use. And I feel like if I spread awareness on this issue, it would prevent more um, <clears throat> substance use in the future with the future generations. And I feel it's very important for others to do the same. And I fully support this. Thank you. All right. Thank you for that, Ariane. With that said, let's get back to the episode. Okay. So one of the most prominent achievements of your committee is the Tobacco 21 bill. Would you explain what it is exactly and the impact it could have in Illinois? Also, the hardships that followed. Yeah, I can take the first part of that question. So... The legislation known as Tobacco 21, or commonly referred to as T21, um, became effective, I think, in 2019 and is now, I think, currently illegal to for a retailer to sell any tobacco product, including cigarettes, e-cigarettes, to anyone, or anything that uh, includes tobacco to anyone under 21, that's the name Tobacco 21. And um, because of the Tobacco 21 law that was implemented in 2019, um, 39 states have now raised their tobacco age sales to 21, including Illinois. So now any um, retailer or tobacco uh, provider in Illinois um, must 
you know, they, they can only sell these products to those who are above 21. And so I can kind of touch on two important impacts of this, negative and positive. So I can start with positive because this bill kind of um, had a really significant impact on our constituents, especially because it lowers the number of people using tobacco products until they're 21. And I think we all are aware that when people begin uh, tobacco use at a younger age, they're more likely to continue this because their brains aren't fully developed yet. However, um, once it, once people start using them after like, like an older age, I think that people are more aware of what they're doing. And yeah, so there's also a kind of bad impact on this, especially because it encourages uh, like illegal methods of obtaining tobacco, right? Because obviously it's not it's not necessarily available to those who are like teenagers under the age of 21. So many of those teenagers might go through illegal methods to obtain um, tobacco. But yeah, those are just kind of some two main points that um, come up when in referring to Tobacco 21 and kind of the impact that it's had on Illinoisans. Yeah, kind of like piggybacking off uh, what Kosh was saying. Um, there, so first of all, like, I would like to provide like some statistics from the Respiratory Health Association on Tobacco 21. So 95% of smokers start before the age of 21. And that's like a huge, like point to understand, which is that this nine, like this 95% of people starting before the age of 21, they might be light smokers, just experimenting. But over time, they start becoming like heavy smokers, re regular smokers, and this leads to them starting to experiment with more drugs and getting like really deep into the drug game. So like a majority of underage tobacco users usually get their tobacco from peers. Like they've been able to do this because their peers are usually like 18, 19, 20, but usually not over the age of 21. So because like this like 90% of those that are getting like supplied with, um, you know, tobacco products from people like under the age of 21, that will sharply decrease with like the passage of this bill. And we haven't seen like major statistics yet because it's only been two years, but um, I mean, there's definite like positive implications from this. Um, I mean, it's pretty obvious that, you know, when people start smoking at a younger age, there's definite like health um, problems and afflictions that start with that, like um, not only with, you know, increasing the chances of lung cancer, but it also rewires like some of the neural pathways, which makes it more likely for someone to get addicted if they start smoking at the age of 18. Um, and then leading into like further drug abuse, like past the age of 21. Um, and then there's also some economic benefits with this too. Like, um, also from the Respiratory Health Association, it says that each year tobacco use costs Illinois $5.49 billion in healthcare costs and $5.27 billion in lost productivity. So, like, all these, this huge strain on, like, the healthcare system, like, from, you know, people smoking under the age of 21 starting and then over time, like, leading to serious health problems that will also sharply decline. So there's a lot of benefits um, with this, with the uh, Tobacco 21. Thank you for that. Um, I, I was not aware of like that drastic of an economic impact. That's actually really interesting to hear about. Um, but so for such bills, 
Um, do you guys ever collaborate with any organizations or politicians or even other like such clubs that are kind of like catalysts in Illinois to pass a certain bill? Like how much collaboration goes on with outside, um, I don't know, outside clubs or organizations in your committee? Um, I would say in general, our committee is very open to working with people who share our same values and goals. It gets a little dicey when maybe politicians may support one aspect of our mission, but not another. Um, or, you know, maybe they have a conflict of interest with their party, but especially other organizations, Alcohol Resource Center, um, you know, talking to connections with Stand Strong and the village board to hear their opinion and to bounce ideas off of them as well as just um, other organizations like maybe ACS CAN, the American Cancer Society um, or American Lung are all really helpful in helping pass legislation and help uh, connect us with resources that can, you know, can, can aid us in passing legislation. Yeah, and going off of that, I know this past year at the CATCA Forum, it kind of gave us a wider um, access to more similar clubs like Catalyst across the country in Illinois, um, clubs that share similar values, like Emma said, to Catalyst. And so that CATCA, annual CATCA conference that happens every year in around February um, kind of gives us like an opportunity to maybe meet and collaborate with other clubs across the state. Um, and I know that not necessarily in terms of passing specific bills and legislation, but Catalyst has collaborated. I know last year we collaborated with, um, I think it was Peer Helpers and just other clubs in the Stevenson community to raise awareness of uh, substance abuse and how um, substance abuse relates to mental health and other similar um, uh, topics that you know kind of align with Catalyst's views regarding substance use. Yeah, and this uh, collaboration is like, super salient um you know in terms of building that connectedness and you know passing and like sharing tangible ideas with like one another to help create like substance-free communities and it's working within stevenson it's working within you know like other coalitions in illinois as kosh just said uh and emma and yeah it, it's just really uh been very effective so far So yeah, um, I, I guess I agree. You sort of answered my next question where I was gonna ask um, what the importance of collaboration is. Um, so um, in terms of current plans, does your committee have any for the upcoming school year to like progress substance prevention? Um, so recently, uh, Alicia, the director of local and I, we both spoke to Ms. Cortese and we talked about how even though there's maybe a lull in big state legislation, you know, legalizing recreational marijuana or tobacco 21, there are still ways that we can connect with the politicians and village boards in order to build a web of connections that can aid us in either future policy, legislation, desires, and um, goals, or even now to give us a head start or maybe a sneak peek into what we could collaborate on or what we can start working on. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Um, that 
all seems like super exciting um but i know that local and state like to work a lot like you mentioned um but so as we kind of wrap up the episode um we kind of just want to ask you three to share what your why is to sing substance free we kind of like to do that for all our guests yeah my first definitely my most important why would be my family and friends so i know how disappointed especially my family would be um, and my friends around me would be if I um, started using substances and getting more and more involved with that. And I know that they would definitely be extremely disappointed with me. They would, wouldn't really talk to me anymore and like leaving me to um, kind of be lonely without any support um, either in my like within my own household or at school. And so I want to preserve um, my healthy relationship with both my family and friends. And I'm completely aware that by involving myself in substances and let's say just drugs and alcohol, um, I would lose them all completely and wouldn't be able to kind of have any healthy relationships with anyone. Yeah, I can go next. Um, so I kind of have like this vision of what I want, you know, in the future for myself. And I don't want to ruin that. Like in terms of academics, I'm very serious about like my academics. And I know that if I started using substances, which I have no interest in doing, um, it would just devastate my grades and that would like definitely harm, you know, any ambitions or aspirations I have for the future. Um, and then also, you know, my family, like we've been through a lot health wise and I've seen some of the effects like of people, you know, who've become addicted to certain substances. And I don't want that for myself. I don't want my family dealing with that. Um, and so I've just made an oath to myself that I'm just never going to use drugs and I've like no interest in drinking alcohol or anything like that um so yeah that's pretty much why I say uh substance free yeah um for my why I would say I you know I started Catalyst pretty young so by the time where most people start maybe questioning like if they want to start using substances I I know too much now and I feel like I know that it can um, harm my gymnastics, which I'm really passionate about. It can harm my grades and that there are better ways of maybe coping with my mental health or having fun with friends than using substances and that substances can be very harmful for me. I think those are all uh, really important reasons. Um, very well said. Um, I choose to say substance-free because I feel that um, it would affect my um, athletics, my extracurriculars, and my school life way too much. Things I've been developing for like, you know, three years since I'm a senior right now. And um, I just feel like it's not worth it to throw everything away. Um, and yeah, so that's why I choose to stay substance-free. So that, that concludes our episode for, for today. If you guys have anything to say, um, you can. Uh, thank you all for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah, thank you for having our committee on your podcast. Um, this has been really fun and I really enjoyed it. Thank you guys so much. Um, so to everyone listening, we want to thank you for listening to this episode and our perspectives on substance use. And before we close this episode, we wanna ask you what is your why? Join us next time when we meet with further guests to discuss different perspectives on staying substance free. Thanks for listening and see you all on the next episode.